Hold men on how important their faith is to them in their daily lives. The men who were men of faith showed that eight of 10 of those men said that faith is central to their life. For those who didn't have faith as a core factor of their life, it was just over three of 10 that faith was central to their life. Interesting point of those same men that were polled, only 30% of Christian men or men of faith were satisfied in their current relationships, while just a slight dip of 27% of men who did not express being men of faith were satisfied in those relationships. More than one-third of Christian men and nearly as much for non-Christians report that they feel lonely and have felt lonely in the last month. The percentage of men, as we talked about, under 35 years of age is significantly higher still. Welcome to Act Like Men, Men's Leadership Podcast. This is a podcast designed to be a resource to pastors and men's ministry leaders as they build out an engaging ministry with their men. Why do we do this? We do it because we believe that every man deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based Man of God. Act Like Men Leadership Podcast is sponsored by Men's Ministry Catalyst, a ministry now in its 41st year designed to do exactly what we just said, guide church leadership as they build engaging ministries with their men. Good day, everyone. My name is Wendell Morton. I am the Executive Director of Men's Ministry Catalyst. It's great to have you join us today. I also want to say hi to my co-host, Dale Udy. Dale, thanks for being here again today. Glad to be here, and I'm, I'm looking forward to going into part two of this important factor in men's lives. Amen. You know, we talk about a statistic that was brought out some years ago, but I think it's still true. It's still valid. That indicated in this poll, 95% of men in general indicated that they do not have a close personal friend. Think about that for a moment. 95% said that they do not have a close personal personal friend well you know the saying who is is this who would you call if you or your family needed help at two in the morning and the situation is truly it's real and it's dire men have not traditionally done well at making space in their schedule or opening themselves up to close relationships until until they're in some kind of trouble or they need help then they begin to look for that but yeah, I think we've got exactly some good right. help. You know, we looked at some scripture the last time in the in the first uh, yeah. part of this series. Wendell, re- recover those scriptures for us. Just kind of go back. What were we looking at? Well, the first one is Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if one falls, the other will lift him up. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no one to lift him up. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Great encouragement there. Mm-hmm. And then there's another verse, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, very familiar. 
even quoted outside of the Christian world, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. These verses provide directional pursuit that God has intended for us, for you and me, Dale, and for those who are listening. Mm -hmm. So this is a two-part series. We talked last time on emotions. If you haven't had a chance to listen to podcast number 18, please take 20 minutes or so and go to uh, our website, mensministrycatalyst.org, and please take time to review that on uh, men and their emotions. Today, we're going to talk about the need for strong male relationships in our life and how can we do better? How can we be better? And these are referring to the verses we already listened, listed and I went through a minute or two ago. Well, you know, in this podcast today, Wendell, we've got really uh, three very key and very distinct areas that we want to discuss. Number one, we want to discuss the five myths that we have observed about why men do not have a close personal friend. We're going to talk about those five myths. Secondly, we want to look at what is the progressive nature for those who are struggling at having a close personal male friend. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on what happens when we ignore or keep stuffing our emotions. And the mm. third thing we want to cover in this podcast is we will highlight some steps that men can take that will help them build a good path to really building a close friendship with another man. Well, let's let's jump right in. Let's talk about these five myths to male relationships. Wendell, why don't you cover the first one? What is it? Absolutely. Real men are to be independent given the number of things we're expected to do every day. We have to be independent, right? Mm. Building a team to share in this load is too time-consuming, and it takes too long to get anyone connected with exactly what we need to do. So I just need to be independent and do it myself. That's myth number one. But remember, even Batman had Robin. That's a good reminder. <laughs> That's a good reminder. Well, you know, myth number two is that real men are to be tough. As boys, mm -hmm. you know, when we're growing up, we hear, suck it up. Boys don't cry, get up, get moving. It doesn't hurt that bad. All of those expressions come out and basically stifle something in our in our uh, development, mm. I think, as not right. only young boys, but as we transition into being young men and then ac actually becoming men. But a result of this repeated uh, affirmation, we we start to believe it and it can cause us to become numb emotionally. You know, girls mm. are treated differently than boys when it comes to emotions. But for guys, it leaves a mark and they are confused about how to express those emotions when they get older. And number three, Dale, flows right out of what you just talked about. Real men do not share your emotions. Mm. Uh, men who share their emotions are perceived as weak. The result is that men who express any emotion besides anger will be perceived as incompetent as well. If I'm weak, yeah. I must be incompetent. Hmm. So it's a perception issue. Weak and incompetent. Not what I want to believe about me. And I don't want you to believe that about me. And so therefore, I'm not going to share my emotions because I'm a real man. Yeah. You know, the fourth myth that we're going to want to talk about here is that real men express anger as their only emotion. Anger makes hmm. you appear strong 
and uh, because you can be loud and boisterous at that time. But you and then if you get rewarded for it, you're just going to repeat the wrong behavior. But when when anger is your only emotion, you have been trained to stuff all the other emotions, then anger becomes your default emotion. You got to be real careful about that, guys. When you're feeling anything in your emotions, make sure that you're careful about what comes out of that is certainly anger but men normally express anger as their only emotion it doesn't have to be that way that's right exactly right number five is men real men don't say very much Hmm. (laughs) you know men are not talkative i had a dad like that real men don't say very much what could be lurking behind the silence can be insecurity secrets and imposter syndrome Feelings of powerlessness, all those things can be right behind the silence. But it's a myth. Real men don't say very much is Mm. the myth. You begin to lose eye contact with people. You spend much more time on things of action and time alone Mm. when you believe that particular myth that you don't say much. So let's move on and talk about a progressive nature of following these myths. So if I follow these to the extreme especially by denying my emotions. And an emotion is simply this. It's a psychological response to a set of expectations. So if I expect something to go A, plan A, and ends up being plan C, I'm going to be disappointed, right? Because my Mm -hmm. expectation was A, now I'm having to live in C, so I'm let down. So while some people are more naturally optimistic than others, We still react to our expectations. Mm -hmm. Why is it some people seem to handle the storms and others get buried in the same storm? Yeah. Well, part of it's natural. There are some people that are just naturally optimistic. There are others who are naturally pessimistic. And somewhere in the middle is what we learn to become if we're not careful. Hmm. What I mean is that no matter what the feeling you have, as you go through the various experiences, you can learn to reframe it in a way that you're able to work through it effectively, quickly, and continue to move on. Hmm. So let me talk about it. Just so here's a, here's a great example. Something great happened to your wife during that day, but your day seemed like everything that was lined up to go great went poorly. You had a bad day. You don't go home feeling great, and you want to have some quiet alone time that particular evening. You see what's getting set up here? Uh Your wife, on the other hand, is very excited about what happened to her. And so she's planning a great evening for the two of you. Hmm. But you're planning to go home and be alone. So you already see that your expectations don't meet and your expectations are not going to be fulfilled because you have expectations on you from someone who had a great day. Now, Hmm. you want to be happy for your wife. It's not that you don't want to celebrate what happened. Yeah. Dale, can we just do it tomorrow? Do we have to do it tonight? (laughs) I had a crappy day. Yeah. Those are the expectations we deal with. Wow. So that's a simple example. Very painless for the most part and pretty tame in a one-time event. However, let's say that this happens day after day after day after day after day after day. Pretty soon there's a growing divide between the two of you. Think about children who get caught in this, or that's their whole their whole childhood. Hmm. You can only survive by stuffing your emotions, knowing that one or both of your parents keep putting you down 
and don't let you celebrate or get affirmed with any of your feelings. Wow. Stop and think about it. What happens when that occurs in your life? And that's the only patterns. That's the only thing you've been able to see and witness. You don't have a good understanding of what my emotions can do to me. But at the same time, how to put it in a perspective. Uh, Wendell, let's talk about how do these emotions progress to eventually become very destructive? How can they, Mm. if we're not careful? And again, this is as much a warning to you and I as it is to every man that's listening to this. This is a slippery slope, but there's a progression to this. Where does it begin? Walk us through that. Yep. Yep. But it tells us uh, in many psychology books that it starts in low self-esteem. Um, because my opinion, let's say I have a child, I can't express my opinion. I'm always put down because my opinion doesn't matter. My emotions don't matter. The natural conclusion for a child is I don't matter. Hmm. And so that's the, the low self-esteem that begins to build. It results very quickly, very consistently. And if you don't have an outlet in your life, you're going to always believe that you're not the way The Bible tells you that you really are. Hmm. Mood swings is what comes next after low self-esteem. There's nothing in the middle. You're either higher than a kite, laughing, excited, or you're lower than a doornail sitting down at the bottom of the door. And you can't can't quite figure out how do I have some, some balance in the middle? It's because you're squeezed in the middle. And when you're squeezed in the middle, things tend to shoot out both ends. One is the high, one is the low. Mm. Neither one are, are completely accurate, but they're real. And that's the big thing. Low self-esteem can lead to mood swings. Oh. Mood swings can lead to anger. Mm. We talked earlier that for, for a lot of guys, this is the only way they know how to express or the only emotion they know how to express. And for a lot of guys, they're rewarded for it. When you're a young man, you get rewarded for sometimes your negative anger behavior. Even as a leader in an organization, if you express enough anger, they could be interpreted as passion. And they're thinking, yeah, let's go get it. So you're rewarded sometimes for the anger. Hmm. But what happens is if anger is the emotion that you feel typically, and that's the only one, eventually your friends begin to pull away. They don't want to hang around with an angry guy. Yeah. That's a normal response for them. See, mm-hmm. we, we all have anger. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going to experience anger, both men and women. Yeah. But men tend to be more aggressive, as we talked last time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, anger is a natural expression for us. But angry men have few friends and they struggle in social situations. So you begin to isolate as it's easier than to express anger and consistently be rejected by friends. Mm-hmm. Out of anger comes aggression. So it's going to go one of two paths here, left or right. Aggression Mm -hmm. is one of those paths. Beyond just the emotion of anger, the next step is to express this emotion physically. You can be very demonstrative. You can get people's faces. You can can even move to physical violence. Um, You just explode and people feel unsafe. And then it escalates. It starts with pets, people who... Kill people typically started with pets, goes to children, can go to those who you feel are responsible for your anger, your parents, Hmm. a boss. Those who cannot fight uh, back then become the next. It's like senior adults Mm -hmm. or the disabled or even cross racial. 
oppression begins to occur hmm. because you want to be superior. And the only way you know how to do it is through aggression. The other path instead of aggression could be emotional numbness. Hmm. You just feel numb. You begin to lose all ability to feel and you start to isolate. And that's a, a very typical pattern when you're numb. You don't want to be around them. It's just too much work. I don't want to put on a face. So I'm going to avoid them. And then the last step in that scenario could be suicidal thoughts or ultimately suicide. That's the last step. So if you're in that position today, reach out. Reach yes. out for help today. There's suicide prevention hotline. There's a pastor you can call. Look them up in the phone book. If you don't have anything else, look them up on your phone. Grab them and reach out for help today. Call a friend uh, or somebody you perceive to be a friend if you don't think you have one so that you do not uh, follow through on what you're thinking or feeling. And while you may not feel like it right now, Dale, you and I know this. God loves you very much. Yep. So much that he sent his only son to die for you so that you can have hope today and eternal life tomorrow. Now, I, I don't want to leave it there because that's pretty dark. What we just walked through in that progression is pretty dark. But it, it is it is what happens in relationships often if we're not trying to deal with our emotions in a positive uh, positive manner. All this can be turned around. There's nobody beyond the realm of hope. So what you know, do we it's do, a, Dan? It's a, key, it's a key thing. And you've led us you know, through this path of how this slippery slope can take us. And at any point, the enemy wants to disable us, to make yes. us, in effect, yes. almost paralyzed. Yes. So we have to be on guard. We have to be on watch. When this yep. stuff happens, immediately jump in and be intentional and get started on getting it back in, in order. You know, so as we wrap up our time together today, as we come back to this main statistic that we talked about before, 95% of the men that are around us do not have one good male friend, do not have a close relationship. Wendell, let's talk about it. How can these 95% of the guys that are listening to this, how can they take the first step? Let's walk through. Well, I think step number one is to um, decide that that's not going to be me. Mm. I've got enough internal fortitude right now that I'm not going to be one of those 95%. Yeah, I want to be one of the men who intentionally begins to develop a relationship. So I, I start with just saying, it's not going to be me. I'm not going to end up walking down that progressive path we just talked about because I'm going to get a friend and figure out how to make it work. What's well, another that, one? That's a key decision. And I think the second thing there, yeah. if you do not have someone in mind already, determine what characteristics you want in that friend and keep in mind, those closest to you determine your level of growth. That's so right. Don't settle for someone who's in an, an in the healthy space that you that who is not. Excuse me, who is not in the healthy space that you want to be in. Don't settle right. for that. Find somebody that has what you are seeking. Somebody that can speak truth and life and energy yep. to your life. Yep. Remember, yep. you want someone who can encourage you to grow and help you process and share your emotions. And again, ultimately, in a healthy manner. In a healthy manner. That's right. So then I would encourage you to, once you've identified who that is or the characteristics, 
initiate a reason to connect with this individual. Might be a mutual interest, having lunch together, going golfing, hunting, fishing, something where you can relate shoulder to shoulder with somebody. It's less intimidating than than sitting down and staring face to face and just having a uh, intimate conversation, which you, you're not familiar with. You don't know how to do it. You don't want to do it. You may be in a spot where it's really, really uncomfortable. So find a reason to connect. Go mm. do something shoulder to shoulder together. Take a walk, something yep. where you have a chance to be able to talk without being staring each other face to face in a, in a really intimate setting. Mm-hmm. You know, another one here is to be consistent in developing the relationship. My mother used to say to me, if you want a friend, you got to be a friend. Oh, I think, I think you have mother. to be open to the in this level on your own and sharing uh, the mm. support that you're not only willing to give, but what you'll receive from them as well. Once, you know, you have this relationship, needs are going to come out and yep. you need to be supportive yep. of that. And it all takes time. It's not going to happen the first time you sit down and have a cup of coffee. No. Guy. No. This is journey dependent. You need to walk right. with each other for a while before these things come in. So don't get discouraged when no. it's not there. This isn't a microwave situation. No, it's not. This no. is pouring life on life. Yeah, it's a marathon. That's for sure. I would say the last thing is just to celebrate this commitment that you've made. Allow God to work in you. And that can move you forward on your journey towards healthy emotions. Mm -hmm. Allow God to work. Celebrate. That's the positive emotion. Celebrate. I may not feel like celebrating, but I'm going to celebrate that I've gotten through these steps and I've made the commitment. I've found someone. We're going to move forward together yep. in, a, yep. in a way that can help both of us move towards wholeness. Mm. Well, let me just close with a couple of questions that I think are really critical uh, as we try to reflect. And I, I do these, and I know you do, Dale, as well, as we come to the end of each one of these podcasts. First question is, who's come to your mind when it comes to developing a deep friendship? That name, write it down. Think about somebody and just write it down and follow through. You'll be able to talk yourself out of it later if you're not careful. So write it down and forget about thinking about it again. Just pick up the phone, make the call, and try to begin that journey. And then the second one is, what is one step you can take to begin this journey? You've got the person you've identified, you're going to make the call, but what's one other step you can take to help you move forward. Remember, Mm -hmm. God wants you to have a healthy relationship. He wants you to move towards wholeness. He's given us not only his son who paid for our sins so that Mm -hmm. we can be free of our sin, but he's given us his Holy Spirit to strengthen us from the inside out as we move forward. Amen. This is a critical one for sure. Mm -hmm. But Dale, thank you again for being with us today. Thanks for your leadership, your input consistently. I really value uh, this relationship and I appreciate all that you do for the men who to call this podcast their own as well. Yes. I appreciate this too. This is helpful for me. It's good to review these things at time, but uh, again, I'm glad to have the relationship of several key men and you are one of them. uh, Very special guys in my life. And uh, that accountability helps keep me balanced or work towards being balanced in my life. Yep. 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 Just a reminder that all of our episodes either come out on the first or the third Thursdays of every month. There'll be a new one. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so on our website. Prior to each episode, the show notes are available. 
Thank you again for joining today. You are the reason, men, that we exist. We do all of this for pastors and leaders of men because every man deserves an opportunity to become an authentic, biblically-based man of God.